um, Elijah, faithful Elijah. And these first four words here were the worst words that I know of in the Bible. And Ahab told Jezebel. He just couldn't wait to get home to tell her what all happened. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one that of them by tomorrow about this time. That is the dead prophets. And when he saw that, he arose and went from for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And as they lay and slept under the juniper tree, or as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a a, a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and, and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the, uh, went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. Most gracious heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for the day that, this day that you have given us, Lord. We, we're thankful for those who've come out today to the services. We pray for those who, for some reason or another, aren't here today. Lord, uh, uh, this is, um, uh, this is something that people need to realize, Lord, that if, if we're going to have a happy life, then we need to be in the house of God when the doors are open. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit, if you be will, to help each and every one of us, help all of us to realize, Lord, uh, the, the, um, the uh, hope that we have is based upon what we read and teach in the Word of God, based upon the promises of God that he has given us, the promises that he has promised us. And if, if God is not good for his promise, then, then uh, I, I, if I believe that, then I wouldn't be here today myself. Thank you for everything, Lord, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> Great men, not always wise men. You know, we get this idea of sometimes because somebody's great, they're wise. But they're not always wise. Great men are not always wise men. Elijah was a great man, 
but he was not always a wise man. And some some are great because God because God make them makes them great. Elijah had stood tall and great before Ahab, all and all the false prophets. But there he is about now. I'm sorry, I'm I, I can't see today. Um, for now he it, it, he said it is good for me to know that some gods, some of God's greatest servants were men of like uh, passions as I am. Let me read that again. It is good for me to know that some of God's greatest servants are men of like passions as I am. They, like our Lord and Savior, were made uh, sharers sharers of, of many infirmities as we may be made partakers in his virtues and glories. Just, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying to you here now is that, that, you know, when you look at Elijah's life and you look at your own life, it makes you stronger because you realize Elijah was no different than you are. I mean, if someone, I've often said, uh, if someone walked in here today, God forbid that anything like that ever happened, somebody walk in here today and start shooting people, um, I imagine all of us would scatter if we could get away. We would scatter. Well, Elijah was no different than we are. Even though Elijah, God had had had, had lifted him up and had had caused him to stand strong uh, there on Mount Carmel, now God is about to tell him, "I've got another duty." For you to do, it, 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 you have to go to another mountain, Mount Horb. He tells him, he said, "I've got something else I want you to do," and so that's that's the gist of this whole message here today is that uh, that God has uh, things for us to do, and God makes us willing to do those things, and God upholds us, and God keeps us. And he strengthens us so that we can do the things that he would have us do. God is not going to send you to do anything that you can't do. I've heard people say, well, I just can't do that. God's not going to send you to do anything that you can't do. Anything that God sends you to do, he's going to make a way that you can do it. You might say, well, I can't do that. I can't go and witness. If God sends you to witness someone... You can you can do it because you can rest assured he's going to give you the words to say. He's going to give you the answers to give them when they ask questions. God's going to give you all of those things. And and it's because of Elijah that I can stand strong today and realize that, that he was, that I'm no different than he was. The same passions that he has, I have today. The same fears that Elijah had I have those same fears today as he had, and so and all, and all of us are that way, you know. Uh, uh, I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They, like our Lord and Savior, were were made shares of many infirmities. You know, Jesus, when he walked here on the earth, uh, Jesus had a lot of uh, uh, a lot of um, infirmities that he he was. He was met with as a man. 
as a man when yes he he bled like all men bleed he hurt like all men hurt he uh he he was in agony several times like all men are in agony and so there's no difference there's no different than elijah no difference in christ and no difference in us we're the same way today so just just remember that um uh, we're made we're not only made uh, uh, like them but we're partakers of the same virtues and glories that they have there are times when wonderful things happen in our lives and we we get to we get to enjoy the glory of, of the things that happen in our lives but then there's times when not so good things happen in our lives that we have to suffer sometimes so just be aware of that it was, you know, the Bible teaches what he saw, uh, that is, that, that was Jezebel's message. He arose and went for his life. Now here, here was a man that had stood up to 850 prop, false prophets, had stood up to the king. And, but I want to say this before I go any further, before I get any further into this message. Uh, Ahab was a changed man at this time. Ahab was a, Ahab, Israel was a changed people. If you'll remember in one of last week's message, we talked about how that Israel got down on their knees and they prayed unto God and, 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 and told, and, and recognized who God was. Well, Ahab was the leader of these people. And, and Ahab, Ahab was a changed man as a result of this. But there's one thing that Ahab knew. Ahab knew that he was a changed man, but he also knew that he had a wife that wasn't. And so he went in and told her about the events that happened there on Mount Carmel and how that all the prophets were dead now because Elijah had, had, had slain all of them. That made Jezebel mad. She had no, she, she no longer, uh, uh, we talk about Ahab being a wicked man. He was, but he was, he was usually always separated from his wife. She had her own prophets. She had her own, uh, she had her own soothsayers. She had, she had her own, uh, uh, per se doctor. She had her own. And so she put all the trust that she had in those false prophets. That if anything ever came up on her, that, that they would take care of it. Of course, you'll learn later on that God killed her too. That's, you'll learn that later on. Not today, but you'll learn that later on in these messages. God took her life away from her. And, uh, so anyway, the thing we got to, we got to realize is that because that one wicked woman arose and sent Elijah a message that he was going to be just exactly like those 850 prophets that he slain tomorrow, he took off running, scared to death. He wasn't afraid of Ahab. God gave him, God gave him the power and the strength to confront Ahab. He wasn't afraid of the 850 prophets. 
But this one woman, this one wicked woman, Elijah was scared to death of her. Jezebel's hatred for the man of God caused her to care to care not of the power he got from Jehovah, God, uh, on Mount Carmel. She didn't care anything about that. She didn't care when, 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 uh, and it's just like today, you know, somebody goes in and says, uh, you know, I know I've, I've gone to McDonald's or Hardy's in the mornings and I'd tell people if we had someone saved here and, uh, and we were, uh, had someone came forward and was saved, I'd go tell some of those men that we had a wonderful thing happen at church and they would be one of them would say, you think we care about that? You think we care about that? You know, we, we don't care what happens over at that church. I mean, that's that's the way that's the way men are. When men have a hatred for God, and and, and men have a hatred for the man of God, then they care not what happens to him. And that's the same way Jezebel was. Jezebel was that same way. She cared not what happened there on Mount Carmel as far as the power that God gave. Uh, he, got, he, he called fire down from heaven. He was able to call fire down from heaven. And those false prophets couldn't do it. He was able to do that. And I'm sure that Ahab went over the whole thing with her. Said, you should have seen it, Jezebel. You should have seen it. She said, well, I don't care about that. Said, you should have been there, Jezebel. You should have seen how that he, how did he call fire down from heaven. She didn't care about that. She cared absolutely nothing about that. And let me tell you folks, you got people out there today that don't care anything about it. They don't care anything about what happens in the churches. They don't care anything about, it. you know, you got even church members don't care what happens in the churches or they'd be here. You know, they, they don't care what happens. They, they really don't care what happens. And you know, some people say, well, we need to tell them what good is that going to do. They don't care what happens. What good is it going to do to go tell people what they missed? I've always said this, you know, if you miss a church service like, like uh, uh, Thomas did, you're going to miss something. Thomas missed the church service. He missed the Lord being in the presence of them. So let me tell you, folks. That's that's what happens when you when when you miss church, you miss something. You might say, "Well, I don't know what I meant, but you missed something." He he he. Not only did he call down fire from heaven, he he didn't he didn't not only call down fire from heaven, but he prayed for the floods of rain. It hadn't rained for three years, and 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 Ahab goes to Jezebel. And tells Jezebel all this stuff. Tells Jezebel that, that, that Elijah got down and prayed and the floods came. Rain started coming down. Water started coming down from heaven again. And, and, and the drought was over. Did she care? She never cared one bit. What, 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 what kind of man what kind of person would want to kill the man that stopped, uh, that started, that stopped, that started to rain back? Three years of drought. What, what kind of person would want to stop the man? 
people like Jezebel. She was a wicked person. She was a wicked person. Ahab was amazed at what went on. He was amazed at what took place. He went home and told her what took place. He was amazed at it, but yet she didn't care not. She cared about nothing but herself. That's all she cared about was herself. Well, there's people like that today. Many, many are in this day, and many are feeling, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm in the wrong place. King Ahab, by running as a herald before the royal chariot 18 miles through the storm and flood. That's what Ahab did. He was so amazed. He was so amazed. It rained so hard. It rained so hard that it brought a flood upon the land. And Ahab couldn't wait to get home to tell Jezebel about this episode. All the reward he got, all the reward that uh, that uh, that Elijah got out of this was a message that because he had slain the false prophets of Jezebel's God Baal. But by the way, Jezebel, the last part of her name is Baal. I know they spell it B-E-L, but it should be, technically, it should be spelled B-A-A-L, Jezebel. Because she took, she took Baal. Baal was her God. Baal was everything to her. You know, uh, God help us when something becomes everything to us, you know, and, and nothing else matters. God help us when we do that. But people do it today. It becomes, it becomes everything. One thing become everything to them, and they, they just forget about all others. They forget about everything else. They forget about God. They forget about all others. Well, that was everything to Jezebel, was everything to her in that, that he had slain uh, the prophets of, of, of her God, Jezebel, that his life, he, she, gave, she gave him a message that his life would be taken at the same time the next day, the same time, the very same time, the same time you killed those 850 prophets, which 450 of them was mine, same thing's going to happen to you. The same time, the same thing's going to happen to you on the same time on the next day. So that was the message it had. He, like most of us would, do he ran for his life. By faith, he boldly stood before Ahab, Ahab all, and all the false prophets. But by fear, he ran for his life from an unprincipled woman, one that hated everything about him. You know, the Bible says, and I want to warn you of this, the Bible says, let him that standeth Take heed. Let him that standeth take heed. Because there, I guarantee you something's going to happen afterwards. That's going to bring you down. Because I tell you, you can go out here. I know, I know Kara writes a, uh, a, um, a, a, uh, every day she writes on the internet. 
right? It's on the internet, you know, standing tall. But I want to tell you, you got to watch out. Because we're going to realize that something's going to bring us down. That's what the Bible says. Let him that standeth take heed that he fall. Elijah, I don't know if he knew that, but that's exactly what happened to him. Elijah requested for himself. This is what Elijah said for himself. He said, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. His fathers were dead. They were all gone. Some of them had been slain. Some of them had been had been uh, martyred and such and such. He said, I'm no better than they are. To take my life too. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live in fear. And he didn't, he didn't, he didn't want to live in fear, but it's something he did not know and something that we'll talk about more this afternoon, something he didn't know, and that is that God had another plan for him. God had another plan for him. He did not know that. Let me, let me warn all of you today. When, when you are so self-centered that you are ready, you're ready for a great fall. Don't get so, so prideful on yourself that you're not ready for a fall. And don't put all your pride on something close to you because you're ready for a fall. A lot of people do that. A lot of people put, a lot of people put a lot of stock in things that are close to them and they just forget about God. Forget about, forget about what, what, what we are to God and what God is to us. Many are in, many are in this day and many are falling in this day. God never sent this message to Elijah to chastise him, but Jehovah God knew what his servant needed at this time. Elijah was bold. Man, he, he, he strutted around. I killed all of those prophets. God used me to kill all those prophets. What was it Charles Spurgeon said? Charles Spurgeon said, uh, 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 uh that, uh, um, the gospel is an angry weapon in the hands of God. Well, let me tell you, the gospel can also get a man killed. Yes, the gospel is an angry weapon when when God's behind it. But when God's not behind it, then it can get a man, it can get a man killed. Just like Elijah. Elijah, Elijah knew all of this. God always knows what we need and what we don't need. Maybe what we think we need is not always what God thinks we need. You know, we think we, we think what we need today. We don't we don't need this. We don't need all this. We don't need this study on faithful Elijah. But God knows what we need. God knows what I need to preach. Y'all don't know that uh, Carmen and I were talking today that I went back to my study and I prayed. I said, Lord, let me preach this message today. And the water flowed. And the flood came. 
I know I know some of you didn't see that main out there. I got here around 7:30, 7:45 this morning, and that water was flooding up out there, out there, just that big around. It's flooding up in the air, and some fella had stopped out there was looking at it. I had no idea that that would that was connected to the church here. When I got here and realized there wasn't no water here, then I said, "Wonder what in the world's wrong." wasn't until Reggie found out that they had a water main broke out there and they had cut all the water off for this this area down through here so maybe sometimes what we think we need is not always what God thinks we need when we step out of God's will for our for our life and 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 I'm sorry when we step out of God's will for our life, our chariot wheels turn all so fast to get away. Let's go and see what Jehovah prayed when he was in the same mood. I mean, what Jonah prayed when he was in the same mood before God as Elijah was. What did Jonah pray? Jonah said, Lord, O Lord, take, I pray thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. That's what Jonah said. You know where he said that at? In the belly of the whale. God, I can't stand this anymore. Just take my life. You ever been, have you ever been down to where you ask God to take your life? Have you ever been? Have you ever been in that condition? I'll never forget it as long as I live. My brother was 18 years old when he died. I was only about nine or ten, but I remember my brother laying in the bed. He was laying in the bed in the house. I remember my brother saying, "God, take me, take my life." I can't stand this. I can't, I can't live like this no longer. He was blind. He was crippled. But then he got to where his heart, he had, he had what's called, the, in those days they called it heart dropsy. I know that some of you, when the heart leaks, his heart, he had a leaking heart, and they could do nothing about it. That's what killed him. And I remember my brother saying, Lord, take me, take me. Please, Lord, take me. 18 years old. Please, Lord, take me. He was wanting to go. Jonah prayed. Jonah and Elijah did not realize that God wanted both of them more than they thought they were wanted. Neither one of them realized that. Jonah didn't realize what God was doing to him. Elijah doesn't realize what God's doing to him. God is getting him ready for another great mission another great mission just like he got Jonah ready for one Jonah said no I'm not going to Nineveh I'm a Jew and I'm not going to preach to those Gentiles I call him a bigot Jew and he took off to Tarsus he bought his ticket he got on the ship to Tarsus in the other direction and God said oh no no you're going to Nineveh God prepared a predestinated whale. 
That, that whale was predestinated. That whale came just exactly on the moment that whale needed to be there. It was there. Just like that predestinated rooster that crowed Becky. That rooster that uh, God, that Jesus promised Peter would crow, that, that, that rooster crowed exactly when he needed to crow. When God had, God had predestinated for him to crow. So we think God doesn't control animals. We think God doesn't control this whole, this whole, uh, uh, creation. Then you got another thing coming. Because God does control this whole creation. He controls everything in it. Landmark Baptist Church needs all of you more than you think they do. We say that again. Landmark Baptist Church needs all of you more than you think they do. You know, you, you know, some people say, well, all I do is warm a pew. That's what you want to do. You don't want to do nothing else. You want to warm a pew. I remember Brother Jim Jeffries saying that very thing that church that, that I was going to, Rhonda and I were going to, where he was pastoring. He told that church, he said, uh, he said, you know, some of you talk about you, all you are is pew warmers. He said, that's what you want to be. He said, that's what you are. There's no reason, there's no reason why we can't show some enthusiasm and, and do some of the things that we know is right to do as far as, uh, as far as our church is concerned. I've seen, I've seen people you know, I've seen people, I'm going to say this in a positive first. I've seen people walk all the way across this churchyard to pick up a piece of paper. I've seen it happen. And I can name off the person I saw do that. But I've also seen people walk right over top of it, just leave it there. I've seen people walk right over top of paper and land out around here and just go right on. I've seen people just leave leave everything here just like it is and don't try to change it, don't try to fix it up, don't try to make it look decent. I've seen it. Landmark Baptist Church needs all of you more than you think they do. Has the cause of Christ no need of you? I think not. The cause of Christ has need of you. The cause of those that... Uh, uh, that you meet every day, they have need of you. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to be working. I, I never did have the, the privilege of working with people. I've always, my job always took me working by myself. But I want to tell you folks, people you work with, do you sit down and talk with them about salvation? You just assume because they go to church, they're okay. I've, I, I've witnessed to three Methodists one day this week. Three of them. They were all together. And I witnessed to one meth, three Methodists. And they told me, they said, well, this is what we believe. I said, you're wrong. I said, I can't help it. I said, the Bible doesn't teach that. I said, first of all, the Bible doesn't teach sprinkling for baptism. 
I said, I, th- I told him, I said, secondly, the Bible doesn't teach just being a church member in some religious organization as being saved. Needless to say, two of them got up and left, and the other one, he sat through it. Well, let me tell you, folks, Lamar Baptist Church needs you. You need Lamar Baptist Church. God needed Elijah for a job he had to do, and Elijah's going to do that job. God's going to see that he does. God needed Jonah to do a job that he had for him to do, and God, Jonah did that job because God sent him. God made, God made the way for him. And by the time Elijah got out of the belly of that well, the Bible says he ran one day on a three-day journey to Nineveh. He was wanting to get there and preached eight words to him. Eight words. Eight words he preached to Nineveh, and God saved the whole city. You think the power of God wasn't behind that man? Here was a man, here was a man that was going in the other direction. Said, I'm not going to go over there. I'm not going to preach to that bunch of heathen over there in, in Nineveh and, and a bunch of Gentiles. And he went over there and he preached yet eight days and Nineveh shall be destroyed. Eight words. And the whole city, the whole city was saved. You think that wasn't the power of God behind that? What does it take? What does it take for us to realize that if we're God's children, God has the power of God can be behind us also, can lift us up and strengthen us, that we'll be in church when time comes, that we'll be in the Lord's house when the time comes. Let me tell you, folks, when you get to where you want to come to church, you'll be here. I made a statement this morning. I said, we may have to turn church out, which will make a lot of people happy. I don't think it make all of you happy. But it may make some people happy. I like this next statement. It was made concerning Elijah. He said, And as he lay and slept, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. He determined he wasn't going to eat again. He was going to starve himself to death. And he slept. He slept on that. And that angel touched him and woke him up. Angel touched him and woke him up and told him to arise and eat. In verse 5 of our text. I myself have gone to bed many a night hungry, not because there's nothing to eat, but just I did not want to eat. To arise the next morning very hungry and ready to eat. Very hungry and ready to eat. During the night, sometime during the night, an angel came and touched him and told him that you need to rise and eat. Why? You'll learn that this afternoon. Why did that angel 
tell him he needs to rise and eat. You'll learn that lesson this afternoon. All right, let's all stand if you would. We're going to uh, dismiss, and then we'll pick it back.